We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, IB Nation? Whoop, whoop, right there on the shirt. IB Nation, what's going on? I'm Vince D'Addario. That's Brian Driscoll. We are back. It is 1 o'clock on a Thursday. And why are we doing a positional breakdown on a Thursday, Brian? Because we got a lot left to do, and camp yes. starts in two weeks. And so... Because I, I don't want to, I don't want like, point fingers, but somebody <laughs> keeps having to, like, cancel show appearances. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we got behind a little bit. Yes, we did. But we don't need to point fingers as to who that was. But you no, know what? We're we back at to. it. We We're ready have... to rock and roll. Yeah, and, right. And get going. And I will. Uh, it's gonna be a good one. You know, we like to help out IB Nation. We like to, uh, you know, be there for all of you. So my PSA for today is: make sure you take out your contacts on a regular <laughs> basis. Uh, that's why I've got the spectacles on today because uh, I felt like I needed to pop my eyeball out yesterday because I didn't take my contacts out on a regular basis. So here I am in the glasses, ready to rock and roll, and uh, with my brightness on my computer very very low okay so but i'm fired up i'm glad i didn't have to cancel today because it just would have pissed my boss off so uh, yeah a little bit which which (laughs) makes perfect sense but today we are going to break down the position group brian that i think arguably is the most controversial uh amongst the fan base uh when it comes to who should be on the field how often they should be on the field and what kind of production they can have so it it certainly sparks the most disagreement i would say especially with us which is good sure that's good i i actually rather enjoy that and some of the arguments that people have made have have been sound some of them not not so sound uh but uh it's an it's an interesting discussion vince but at the end of the day one thing that we're all going to agree on is what whatever you think of of last year's linebackers and the talent or whatever else is going on with these players, the one thing that we should all be able to agree on is that they have to play better football this year yeah. than they did last year. Oh yeah, what whatever that whatever stuff that we we can get to and disagree on and discuss and whatever outside of that, that's one thing that's flat out a no brainer. This is a unit that has to play better and more consistently effective than it did a season ago. There's and no that's the key. That. It's, it's the consistency and the effectiveness that this group needs to play with, right? I mean, we've seen the ups and the downs at the linebacker position have been 
paramount. I mean, that's that's the biggest issue. Sometimes they play really, really well. Sometimes they just don't. And right. and and there are names that we're going to talk about that are quote unquote controversial for you know if they should be on the field and all of those different things. And we're going to bring some facts. We're going to bring some facts yeah. to the game here uh, about who, about about these guys and about the the depth. Because I will say, as controversial as this position is, I do feel like the depth is really good. Yeah, the potential's in, good in theory, right? Because we right. don't officially know, I guess. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, um, the, the the talent uh, at the depth uh, right. from a depth standpoint is really good. Will those guys end up turning out to be good players or not? We we don't know the answer to that because we haven't really sure. seen them play. I think we could argue that they we probably should have seen them play a little bit more last year in some instances, but. Fair. It is what it is. That's in the past. The fact is, is that there's a lot of talent there at this group, and right. it's time to get this group playing well. And 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 I think that that's the that's the another one of those things that the Vinci look and say, well, this is certainly something we can all agree on because we can all agree there's talent on this at this linebacking core. I think even the people that may maybe might push back against our view that you know JD Bertrand is one of those guys or Jack Kaiser is one of those guys with talent events. The one thing that that even if you disagree with that, what your response is going to be, but not as talented as Nolan Ziegler and Jalen Sneed and Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury. So I think there's a there's an understanding sure. that there's talent on this group. I think some people just believe all the talents in the younger classes, which is fair. Sure. Whereas we we believe it's in both. And and even last year, this is what we said. The issue that they had last year, Vince, was not an athleticism or a God-given talent problem. It was other things. And those are the things that we're going to talk about today. And focus on today and say that this group has to get better because the because as i said vince the one ra- rallying point that we can all come to no matter where you are on who should play who shouldn't play whatever the case may be as a whose prob whose fault is it whatever the case may be at the end of the day the one thing that's true is this unit has to play better and right. and and what does that mean vince i think that's right. something that that we need to kind of discuss first is what does it mean for them to play better and for me it, it's it's consistency of of assignment correctness number one and then number two greater production 
And I think that's the biggest thing. And, and when you look at how this unit produced last year relative to past seasons, we have to go back to 15, 14, 15, and 16, which is a dark time at, of linebacker True. play for Notre Dame. That would have been even darker if it wasn't for the existence of Jalen Smith, who masked some of the horridness that did exist because of the coaching at the position, which sure. is what we believe the problem to be. It wasn't necessarily talent issue. <laughs> that was his whole job description was make up for other people's mistakes. Morgan and Grim Martini. It was just wasn't it was it was yeah. how they were used and all those type of things yeah. during the Van Gorder era. But even then, you've got to go back to the three years of Van Gorder to find years where the production overall was as bad as it was last year. And I think that's kind of where I want to kick things off, Vince, is to just show it, right? I mean, I, I think you 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 show it, and it, it's kind of a stark reality. This is the, the the production of the linebacking core, everybody that played linebacker in the last six seasons. Tackles significantly lowered. Now, just for a quick note, 2020, this is that's projected over 13 games. But even at only 12 games, last season, even if you only look at what the linebacking core did in 12 games in 2020 compared to uh, 13 games for last year's linebackers, even then, Vince, they still had more tackles, 231 tackles last year uh, or in 2020 in fewer games. And it's a little, a little sad to, to look at really when you, when you, when you break it all down is, is the production was still better. The, The other part is the solo tackles were way low. Sure. There were a lot of assisted tackles. And what that tells me is, is that those guys were getting to the ball late. Mm-hmm. Tackle for loss numbers were, were were much lower than most years, but not terrible. Last year, the sack numbers were not bad by number. But here's the thing. It's actually should be eight and a half, not 8.7 there. I don't know how I have a seven there. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the thing that's problematic, Vince, is when you compare it to like the Clark Lee years, the sack number should be much higher when you consider how much more frequently they blitz the linebacker. Right, trying to activate under uh, the last two years compared to what they did under Clark Lee. Like Clark Lee's defenses didn't blitz a whole lot with their linebackers, so your sack number should be certainly be higher than what Clark Lee's defense uh, defense was from a sack number standpoint, Vince, because of just how they're utilized. So when you get into all those different aspects of it, Vince. This level of production is is unacceptable. I mean, and, it, and it's the thing is like there's other years where the production's been low, right? So 2018, they didn't have a ton of tackles for loss, right? Match last year's number, that, but that's a great linebacking core, right? But look at the other areas where they were impactful. A lot say, of tackles, yeah. 51 more solo tackles, more sacks, despite not being not not doing as much. That team played a ton of nickel that year too, if you remember correctly. Yeah. A lot of two linebacker sets with Drew Tranquil and Tavon Coney. Pass breakups. The, so Pat PD is passes defensed. See that's that? the combined of 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 breakups and interceptions. Okay. That's also significantly low. So like they their yeah. their impact numbers, Vince, across the board were low last season. See, that's the number that stood out to me. It was the two numbers that stood out to me were total tackles and passes defensed. Because and we and we've talked about this a lot, Brian. The the linebacking core last year, just as a whole. And I'm not going to single anybody out right now, but as a whole, didn't do very well in pass coverage. I mean, as a whole, there were some bright spots here and there, but as a whole, they didn't drop into coverage very well. And, and, and that's that, been true for the last couple of seasons, but at least last year there was a level of production they were still able right. to get in the pass game that they they that that went away. Like they had issues last year, Vincent coverage, meaning they'd get beat at times. Well, they got beat last year too, right? But at least two years ago, they made plays on the football. Well, I mean, and you know, a lot of those plays on the football, if I remember correctly, from 2021 were 
interceptions. I mean, they, they were able to pull the ball yeah, right. out of the air. Well, at, yeah, like Bo Bauer had five pass breakups yeah. in 2021 alone. Bo yeah. had five by himself. Right. You know, so uh, Jack Kaiser had five. And, and so you just look at the number of just breakups that Jack Kaiser and Bo Bauer had by themselves yeah. the previous year. Uh, it, it beat what they did this past season. Then, of course, uh, Jack had two interceptions. Uh, and Bo had an interception. So just those two kids alone, Bo yeah. and, and Jack Kaiser in 2021 alone had 13 total passes defensed over twice as much as the entire linebacking core of which those two guys were also a part of still. Right. Right. And that's the thing for me is when you see the production go down with the same dudes, it tell it's got to tell you, it's not the players. That's the problem. There's something else going on here. Sure. That needs to be addressed. And and that's because, like, you look at the tackle for loss numbers. Well, you know, obviously a big part of that a couple of years in 2020 was Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Mm-hmm. But even then, the production numbers were still better in, in 2020 outside of just Jeremiah than it was at other positions. So at the end of the day, Vince, this is a very stark thing. And it's not a situation where they played nickel all the time last year and and it's a defense designed for the safeties to make a lot of plays not not any more than what the defense was with Kyle Hamilton there i mean you know what i mean so it's like right you can't I, this defense is not any more geared towards linebacker safety production or d-line production than others and this is this is what comes down to Vince what was so frustrating about last year's defense because the defensive line production also wasn't consistently good Right. The numbers at the end of the year were good, but they had a couple games where they kind of padded the stats a little bit. Sure. So there wasn't a jump in production from the defensive line relative to past seasons that would make you say, hey, the reason the linebacker numbers were down is because the defensive line produced at a higher level or the safeties produced at a higher level. That's not really the case here, Vince. Uh, there there was some better production, but not to the level that would would show that these numbers should exist because those are really really subpar numbers and they're yeah. across the board subpar numbers Vince. so like i can live right. with 22 tackles for loss in 2018 because i know that you weren't as playing much you weren't playing as much three linebacker defense that year a lot more nickel and the other thing is i understand that with the defense was not geared towards them having a lot of tackles for loss but i look at the overall production tons of solo tackles tons of total mm-hmm. tackles pass breakups all those type of things were there and they played well in big games and you can't say that for last year's linebacker core. So at the end of the day, Vince, this has to get better. Whether you think it's the veterans are capable of it or the younger players are capable of it, the first person that needs to to, to do better this year is Al Golden. Correct. And and I'm very curious That's... to see how his defense adjusts. And then also, mm-hmm. is there going to be a, a, an improvement from James Laronitis to Max Bulla? This is no right. shot at James Laronitis, but the fact of the matter is last year was his first year as a coach ever. Max Bulla has been now going into his fourth year as a coach, including sure. spending the last two years at Alabama. Right. So the hope has got to be that maybe the the position coach will will be a little bit better there too, and that will be Bulla's fault and the, or responsibility, not fault responsibility. Right. But then Coach Golden's got to find ways to say, "Hey, look, this is who we are. I've got to do a better job of making sure these kids are put in a position to be successful." And we're going to see if he can if he can do it. So there's two pieces to the coaching part that I want to hit on and I want I want to get your comments on it Brian so obviously change in graduate assistant and and you mentioned it James Laurinaitis goes to Ohio State they bring in Max Bulla from Alabama so now he's working with them and and let's be honest he's he's the guy that's working with them day to day 
So there's that part of it. The other part of it is the big picture outlook from the fact that this is going to be year two in the Al Golden defense. What does that change? How does that look? Does that affect the linebackers specifically since, you know, that is his, his position group. Do you think being in year two and having a different GA, all of those things wrapped up your thoughts on how that's going to change things, maybe going into 23. At the end of the day, Max Bull is making a lot less money than Al Golden. Absolutely right? correct. <laughs> so Al Golden, at the end of the day, is the one that's going to be responsible for this. Now, at the end of the year, if the linebackers play a lot better, I'm, I'm going to give Max Bull a lot of the credit for because sure. he does a lot of the individual practice stuff. But right. It, but you're also going to have to give Al Golden a lot of the credit because sure. he's putting the defense together. He's going to be responsible with the, for the install, for the film sessions with the linebackers and that kind of stuff, right? He's going to have a big role in that. But then also, is Al Golden going to be willing to allow the younger players to to make an impact? Because even if even if we're right on some of the veteran players and they all step up and play to their potential, I still want to see a lot of the younger players Absolutely. for a million different reasons. Right. So those things are all going to be questions that have to get answered this season, Vince. And we're going to find out if they can be. Sure. But at the end of the day, as, as we showed, the production has to get a lot better. A lot better, right. and and when you consider the nature of the defense and the the amount of times they bring the linebackers on stunts and blitzes, that makes those numbers be even worse. Right now, the good news is Vince is we did see this unit as a whole start to produce more as the year went on, and and so the second half of the season, for example, for me was much better than the first half of the season was from a production standpoint. And that's true for all of the linebackers. I, I've, I've mentioned this before. If you look at the disruptive numbers in J.D. Bertrand, J.D. Bertrand last year finished with eight and a half tackles for loss. Six and a half of those were in the last six games that he played in. I still wonder what his numbers would have looked like at the end of the year if he would have played in the Navy game. Like that would have been very interesting to see. That was a huge hole to fill yes going into yes. that game because didn't he warm up and then they decided he couldn't go is that him yeah, i believe so yeah yeah believe so like that yeah. they they had to change their whole the, the whole way that they were going to play defense against navy because he was out right i mean that was a huge huge loss from no a production doubt. standpoint I'm, I'm i'm especially curious to see what that would have looked like sure. oh yeah uh, last year for for notre dame because that's a that's a game vince that the middle linebacker should be making plays absolutely i mean that's just kind of kind of one of those games where it's expected to be the case and so i want to see how that goes i want to see if he's able to go out and make plays i want to see if he's able to be effective in that in that role Uh, you look at um jack kaiser this this past Mm -hmm. season you look at jack's numbers in the first let's see five six first seven games of the year jack had two and a half tackles for loss in the last six games he had three you know, if you if you look at those those numbers last year, but the fact that Jack Kaiser had zero pass breakups last season yeah. and he had five the year before right. and then two picks, again, talks about a usage problem. They were asking him to play a lot more man last year, it seemed, which is not how you should be using Jack Kaiser in that type of role. Sure. I don't think that's using his ability as effectively as it was as, as, you, as you should have. You know, but Jack was also more effective with tackles for loss and, and – in attacking downhill but he again someone who was more productive the second half of the year 
Uh, if you look at Maris, Lewifau had one total tackle for loss in the first six games. He had three and a half in the last seven games. So again, even him, he also had an interception in the second half of the season. Uh, his only pass breakup of the season came in the second half of the season. But just overall, the, the lack of production never changed. The only person who saw a significant jump in production was JD. Like Jack's last seven games was like, you know, he went from like two to three and a half, right? Right. You know, if, what, Pretty what was, similar. What was that number? So tackles it was, for loss. It was two and Jack. a half to three. Yeah, two and a half to three. Right. Right. And and so that's not really a big jump, but it's still a better jump. And you look at the solo tackles. That's an area where you say, okay, that was a lot better. Jack had uh, in the first, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Jack had 14 solo tackles in the last five. He had 14 solo tackles. Yeah. Right. So those are all production numbers that you look at and say, for whatever reason, the production was better in the second half of the year. And keep in mind, during those stretches of improved production is when they played two of the three best opponents. And I would argue three of the four best opponents they played all year in Clemson, USC and South Carolina. Sure. You know, because then you throw in obviously Ohio State at the beginning. So th those are good signs, Vince. Now, if, but even within the production that they had improved production in the last six games, it's still not where it needs to be in a defense sure. that allow that triggers their linebackers as much as this defense triggers their linebackers. But it is something you can't ignore and say, even though the competition was better in the second half of the year, because in the first half of the year, Vince, you know, you, you look at the schedule, they had Marshall, who's a quality team, but you had Cal, you had Stanford, you know, North Carolina should have been a game where you're going to rack up a lot of numbers because of how often the ball gets out, I mean, and how many plays they run, that should be sure. a game where you should pad the stats a little bit because of just the volume of plays that they have. So when you look at those things, you you got to say, look, there's at least at least it's trending in the right direction when you look at how this defense played in the second half of the season. Now, can they build on it and be even sure. better? That's going to be a big question mark for this defense in 2023. Do you think that that some of that second half production was comfortability 100%. in the system? Hundred okay. percent. I mean, that's what I figured. But yeah, I want to hear you it, say it. Yeah. Yes, I, I think so. Now, now that doesn't mean that everything's fixed and perfect, and year oh, two no. automatically means they're right. going to be better. The production is going to be better, but they're even within the last second half of the year, there were still too many assignments that were sure. missed. There was too many mistakes. There was too many out of place. There was too many uh, blown assignments. All those negatives were still there that mm -hmm. existed all year. That never changed. What changed was when they were. Tagged with something, they were getting there quicker. They were more certain of what they were being asked to do. They were right. arriving at the ball a little faster. So they were the first guy to arrive there, not the second guy to arrive there a lot right. of times, which is the difference between a solo and assist, right? All those things are 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 true. And 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 yet we can still acknowledge that schematically there were still flaws. So the schematic mm -hmm. problems never went away. Their ability to execute the defense as it was being called is something that improved in the second half of the year. And so now it's about, okay, can they both get fixed? Can the, can the scheme be more geared towards the actual talent you have, not you what you want to put on film to show NFL teams, right? Is that going to change? Because that's to me, that's Al Golden's biggest problem. It was trying to be an NFL defensive coordinator at Notre sure. Dame. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Be a great college coordinator at Notre Dame, and then the NFL coaches will recognize what you can do and, and want to bring you back, right? That, that's the reality of it. And so can he coach to his players' talent? And then does then do they then does that allow them to not only have the increase in production that we saw, 
but now they can play more correct assignment, correct football as well. That's going to be interesting. But I, one thing I do think we're going to see is I do believe that, that Al Golden realizes I have a pretty athletic group of players. And this is the one thing that I think fans have, they get a lot right. And there's a lot of things like, okay, even though we don't have the same conclusion, I see where you're coming from. Sure. I do recognize that JD Bertrand's lack of length is a thing that we can all acknowledge when he does get in trouble is an issue. We can agree on certain things. But what we definitely don't agree on with some people is this is an athletic group of linebackers, and it flat out is top to bottom. It is, and note, and that's been true for years. I mean, people say, "Oh, Drew White's not athletic enough." I'm like, Drew White's a better athlete than Nicobe Dean was for Georgia's 2021 title team. I mean, every single statistic, every single athletic measurable, Drew White was better than Nicobe Dean. Doesn't make him a better football player. Right. It just means let's make sure we're talking about the right things and the issues that need to be addressed. Athleticism is not one of them. So Al Washington, Al Golden's finally recognizing that, and I think that's why Vince, we saw a, a huge uptick in how often they were blitzed during the spring. Now, I think two reasons why they did that in the spring. Number one is I do think this is going to be a more aggressive defense I because there's too. greater confidence in it's a recognition of what you have. Mm-hmm. Your veterans, your young players, both are freaking athletic. They can run. Yep. Okay. So use them. Here's the other truth about your linebackers, old and new. They're not big. So don't ask them to sit back and take on guards, you know, in, in you know, like you asked Manti to do. Okay. That's not who they are. And then <clears throat> number three, the the reason why you're doing it is your timing in your stunts and pressures last year was really bad. They were either late on delayed blitzes or super telegraphed. And and there just wasn't that cohesiveness, that cohesive the timing. Like, was so yes, bad. when you look at like Ohio State, how well they timed their their late blitzes, their delayed blitzes and things, they were incredibly well timed against Notre Dame last year. Notre Dame didn't have that last season. Right. So the timing is big. So I think that was a big reason. I don't expect them to blitz as much as we saw in the spring. It was just more about, okay, they need to work on it and make sure that the timing gets better. And as we kind of got deeper into the spring, you started to see those things start to hit home a lot more effectively. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm watching them in practices, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know where this is coming from now. Because they've shown this same alignment and brought four different pressures out of it. Right. And that's where you really want to be. Is yes. is because last year's stuff was super telegraphed. Like you could you mm-hmm. could look at little things in their body, even if they were lined up at the line of scrimmage, you could see in JD Bertrand's uh or Jack Kaiser's body language that they were about to drop or that they were about to come. There were just different things you could see. They'd start to kind of lean forward at the last second. Those are little triggers for me as a quarterback that I see that I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah, you know, this is where I gotta go with the football. Yeah. Or yeah. a lineman's like, hey. Uh, you know, this guy's lined up, but I can tell by his body language he's dropping because I saw that on film. Those are all things that have to get better. And that's a that's a coaching thing. Those are coaching things, right? Those are things things that are being instilled. And that's where you hope that that part gets better this year with with the combination of Al Golden and, and Max Polo. Well, it's, it's a it's a confidence thing and it's a comfortability thing and a confidence thing. All of those things. And granted, the, the spring was a microcosm. Like it, it was a very small peek through the window of what this defense can be. But I think we can all agree that the the front seven, linebackers specifically, since that's what we're talking about, took a step forward from the end of last year to the spring. There's no doubt about that in my eyes. And I agree with you. Everything was so telegraphed last year that we were calling stuff out in the press box about what was about to happen. And it was like, if we know, like if we can tell what's going to happen and we're nine floors up, 
then the any competent quarterback or offensive coordinator or assistant offensive coach from the other team is also going to be able to pick up on some of those cues, right? Just from watching film and doing all of those things. So I think that that is going to be very, very important. That is the very first thing that needs to happen to make this defense better and to make these linebackers better is that kind of recognition of what they did poorly last year from a schematic standpoint. I'm not even talking about the individual play. I'm talking about from a schematic standpoint. If you're the coaching staff, if you're Al Golden, if you're Max Bola, you got to be watching the film last year and be like, okay, we can't look like this. Right. And not saying that the scheme was bad or that the scheme was not called properly. We got to coach this up. Like we have to be better at getting what we want from these guys on the field. And again, that has nothing to do with the individual play or lack of athleticism or any of that kind of stuff. You don't have to be an athlete to time your blitz correctly. You you know, you, you don't have to be an athlete to, you know, come on the B gap instead of the a gap, right? Exactly. To hit the right gap. You don't, you're right. You that, that has nothing to do with athleticism. Now, can an athlete do it? better sure right. the effectiveness might yes might be better with a better athlete but but right we're talking about just doing the job as you're yes. assigned to do it and that and has when you're to do, with that to do it yes right. absolutely correct so those are the things that we are seeing being improved again small window need right. to see more but i like where things are headed you know with our small window that we were able to see uh, and and you know we're really not going to get the answer until there's games being played. Sure. Obviously, I mean that that's that's obvious. And I don't even know. I mean, first sign group. that we'll really have an idea if they've taken a step. But to me, is NC State. NC State. Yeah, absolutely agree. Because Navy's just an enigma when it comes to the defensive side of the ball for their opponent. I mean, because it's not going to look like what the rest of the season is going to right. look like. And Tennessee State is Tennessee State. So, you know, you could just line up and and be and play your base and probably be fine, right? So. You're right. On the road, NC State, that's where we're going to see where this defense is from a schematic standpoint. So let's let's talk about some individuals. Let's start with the veterans, right? We'll, we'll start with J.D. Bertrand, Jack Kaiser, Maris Leofau. Those are the veterans. Those are the guys that, that, that require the ire of the fans and all of those different things. Let's start with J.D. Obviously, his production, you can't argue with his production, right? The you and I were talking pregame uh, for this, right? About his when he would do something wrong, it would be just magnified. Yeah, I mean, just absolutely he, magnified to fit the, yeah, to fit the, the narrative fans, of yeah. what some people want to say about about him, right? Yeah. But when he's good, he's good. I mean, right. he knows this defense. He knows where he's supposed to be. All of those different things. So the floor is yours, JD Bertrand. Where are we at? Well, JD's got to be more consistent, right? Yeah. That's the one thing. He's got to be more consistent. And and even within the games where I thought JD played well, there'd still be a couple mistakes where you're like, dude, you're a second year starter now. You can't make right. that mistake, right? right? That's something he's got to clean up. But he he was even more effective at or more consistent in the second half of the year, still room for improvement. But I've pointed this out, Vince. If you take just the last six games that JD Bertrand played, and keeping in mind that during that stretch, is when Notre Dame played three of their four best opponents and right. three very uh, quality offenses to varying degrees, right? His production was significantly better than it was in the first six games of the season from a tackle standpoint, from a solo tackle standpoint. I mean, guys, after the first five games of the year, J.D. only had four solo tackles 
right? And 19 assisted tackles. That's a terrible statistic for a middle linebacker. Super low. Now, part of the reason the numbers were overall low is because he got booted from like two games, right? Didn't he get kicked out of, was it uh, Cal and then North Carolina or something like that? I forget what it was. Right. But that kind of disparity is just not okay. I mean, again, I'm going to give it to you again. A middle linebacker went through the Marshall game and did not have a single solo tackle. He had nine assists. Same thing against Cal. J.D. went two games where he was not credited with a solo tackle. In the first three games of the first four games of the year, I'm going to say it again because it's a really crazy number. First four games, two solo tackles, 16 assisted tackles. The first five games of the year combined, four solo tackles, and he had, let's see, 17, 19 assisted tackles. That's what he did in the first five games of the year. But if you look at the last seven games that he played in, that means he had 41 solo tackles, and he only had, what, 18 assisted tackles? So 37 on the year minus 19, so 18. So he went, he was 4-19 in the first five games, and then 41-18 in the last seven games. That's a clear... Yeah. jump in production right right and if you look at his disruptive numbers right so after the first six games jd had two tackles for loss after the first six games after in the in the last six games that he played in he had six and a half tackles for loss so I, i've pointed this out vince is if you look at his numbers all three of his pass breakups came in the second in the final mm-hmm. six game stretch of the season for him last year so you've got to be able to look at that and say, okay, that was a clear jump in production for JD, right. including playing extremely well against Clemson. Twelve tackles, nine solo. Uh, so JD was a, a, a an impact player in that game. Two su- tackles for loss. Uh, he was an impact player for for no doubt for Notre Dame. If you take his production from the final six games and extend that over the course of a full thirteen game season, JD Bertrand has a hundred hundred tackles. Let me see what we're. Let me see what the, the. I didn't do this one yet. Let me see what the solo number would be. The solo number would be eighty nine. Okay, and I'm gonna give you some context for what that means here in a second. Eighty nine solo tackles. He'd have a hundred on the season. He'd have fourteen tackles for loss, seven pass breakups, and three sacks. Those are borderline All American numbers. I'm gonna say those are pretty now, darn good numbers. Am I yeah. saying that he played like an All American? No, I'm not. There's still times where there was too many mistakes to me for me to say his level of play was All American caliber. But what I'm saying, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa won the Bolitnikoff Award. He had 62 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, three pass breakups, and one interception. His production outshined that of Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. It also outshined what Jeremiah would have done in two thousand. What Jeremiah did in two thousand nineteen in most areas. Jeremiah had eighty tackles in twenty nineteen, thirteen and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, four breakups, no interceptions. So again, his production at everywhere except sacks would have been greater than Jeremiah was in either one of his two years as a starter. His solo tackle numbers at that rate would have been nuts, Vince. And just you want some context, so like I said. You take his number of solo tackles in the final six games. He had 41 solo tackles. The year that Jeremiah Wusu won the Bolitnikoff or won the Buckus Award, he had 42 solo tackles for the entire season. Drew had 41 in the last six games. Uh, let's let's look at some other years. 2018, Tavon Coney had great player. Drew Tranquil. They both had 63 solo tackles. Again. Drew's number, if projected over the course of a 13-game season, would have been 89. 
Let's look at Jalen Smith and his great year where he won the Buckus Award. 69 total solo tackles to 89. Manti Teo, 55 solo tackles in his Heisman runner-up season. So now does this mean that that JD you know, what what is what am I trying to say? I'm trying to sh- I'm trying to emphasize to you cuz you can't say well if you did this over the entire year. Right. The point of bringing this up is simply to to show the the the, the level of cuz if I just say he had six and a half tackles for loss in six games that last six games does that really register? But when you show what those numbers would have looked like if they were over the course of a year what it does is it signifies just how productive he was in that stretch. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now the question is, is can he do that for an entire it's consistency? Season? It's the whole thing. That's going to be the question. Then right. clean up some of the other areas uh, where, you know, where he was good. Cause JD was also very inconsistent as a blitzer at times. Yes. He would be very good. Like he comes in the North Carolina game. He misses the whole first half. Cause he's suspended, not suspended. I, I don't know the proper way to say sit now well, because of the stupid. I mean, he was suspended right? for, I, I the, for the game. I mean, that's targeting thing. Half of the, yeah. that half. So then you come out and he goes into the like one of the first drives of the second half. He does a great blitz from depth and he drills Drake May, just drills him. And I think somebody else stripped the ball out from him. Uh, but there, the problem is there were too few times where that was the case. Sure, right. It's so it's it's becoming better timing, making better initial steps to the football. You know, at times he. What's funny is JD would all, all at times get himself out of position with his initial footwork but he was so quick that it could then get back in position and still make a play. So he's got to clean up those initial steps, not being where it needs to be. He needs to clean up and he's got to tackle better. That's the other thing for JD. He's got to definitely tackle better. Uh, it w- he was much improved, much improved last season compared to where he was the year before. Uh, but it's still, there's still room for improvement, especially sure. as a Mike, you know, a Mike needs to be a steady mm-hmm. tackler. And, and J- like I said, JD definitely got better last season from a missed tackle standpoint he had 10 missed tackles last season if you look at the year before he had 19 and and that was but see here's the thing and he had 19 the year before he said we well, cut it in half we well, played 173 fewer snaps last season so uh it's, it's still not a still great rate. yeah yes he's still high. you know according to pro football focus still a, an 11 percent missed tackle rate that's still too high yeah and and that still needs to get brought down uh quite a bit but at least it gives you an idea of okay there was an improvement his uh his uh, missed tackle rate the year before was like 19 something like that it was like six or 16 or 17 excuse me is where it was the year before you look at you you know so so that's an area where he's he's just gonna have to get better in my opinion and i think he's capable of it it's just it's he's gotta he's gotta do it but the production was clearly there 
sure for JD the last couple of years. And I'm going to pull some up because I'm actually curious what this number was. Yeah, so like Tavon Coney in his last two years of Notre, in his last year of Notre Dame had six missed tackles on 921 snaps. <laughs> right. So was that about you know four percent, three percent. Yeah, four point six percent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's certainly an area where he's going to have to, you know, you, you, that's the kind of the area you'd like to be. You really want him to be. And as a Mike linebacker, if he can clean that stuff up, right. Like for JD, it's just about clean stuff up yeah. for him. Now right. without golden, it's about, okay, make sure that the calls are such that your guys can at the snap fly downhill. Sure. But I really feel like a bigger part of the problem is more so how they use the the front, you know, use the front to be more aggressive, which then allows the linebackers to have a little bit more clean run through lanes to get sure. through. Uh, where linebackers, because like what would happen is the the linebackers were just run into blockers, because the D line would kind of two gap, yeah, or hold their hold their ground. So I'm on my guard, I'm stepping in, but because you're trying to two gap, I never have to turn my shoulders, right? So I so when you're coming here, I can easily step to you and take you. When I get in trouble as a lineman is when I've got to turn here because you're trying to penetrate then. between us and you've beat the center or the guard off the ball, and I'm either the guard helping the center or the tackle helping the guard, and I've got to turn down because I've got to overcorrect you getting beat, and then i got to block this linebacker coming out. Right. So when I turn, he's past me. Exactly. Right? And so that's where you, the two things need to be kind of tied up, tied together a little bit better. And, and I think if Coach Golden's willing to be a little bit more aggressive with his front, which is something that I think Al Washington would like to do, then you're going to see not only the defensive line – improve its production but where it may have the biggest impact vince is more so the linebackers having a big jump sure. in production so well, and, and that's way, where real quick vince my oh, dad yeah. just texted me he's very impressed he said vince is playing hurt he's very impressed <laughs> yes with, uh, with your uh stepping up man so it's rule Love number that. 76 no excuses play like, play a, like champion. a champion that's right that's right and he's like over exactly he's like closing his eye you know like when it's not looking <laughs> it's like rubbing it real quick to make it look worse no, <laughs> but uh no, yeah, so sorry, but you make a really good point because the other thing about timing on blitzes is making sure that you go as soon as you see that lineman turn his shoulders and then you hit that hole, right? So, I mean, it's again, it's if, all if it's part a delay, of the puzzle, right? If, right. It's, a if delay, it's a delayed if it's a, blitz, if it's correct. a now trigger, if it's a now stunt, then that as soon as that guy steps down, it's like, oh shoot, I can't redirect at all, right? You know, I, did, I just felt like some of those delayed blitzes were so delayed that they would wait and wait and then they would just go and it'd be too late. And it would just, cause people would ask Vince, why is he running right into contact? I'm like, because the guy's standing right there waiting on him (laughs) and you can't run around him because then the gap's unsecure. Correct. Right. It's, it's just, it was a, it was a problem from, it was a problem more um, from a standpoint of the call, the timing, the, the, all the, of it, the design than it was, what's the linebacker doing now they sure. have to do a better job of block destruction as a unit. That's one of the big things that this group has to get off. Absolutely. Is using their hands to, to, to be better with block production. No doubt. So let's move on to Kaiser and, and Jack and, and he's basically, I mean, has he played all three linebacker positions at some point in his Notre Dame career? Well, you could point. say Mike, but that was more in like nickel situations. I don't know okay. that he's ever really been like a Mike on first down. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. But he kind of, well, you know what, Vince? I mean, <laughs> actually, let me think about it because uh, uh, let me, let me look up last year's North Carolina game, because again, it was a, it was a, the, the problem is it was a, they lined up in a nickel to start the game. Okay. Because of North Carolina is one of those spread teams. So like they, sure. they were never really in a, a base defense. 
but I'm pretty sure Jack was playing Mike in that nickel defense. Yeah, he because, was. Because JD he was, was out. out. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yes, you are correct. So, technically, Jack Kaiser did play some Mike linebacker last year. Right. So, he's played all three yeah. linebacker positions. And like with any player, you've got to find where your players play the best. Yeah. You know, it's that whole jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none situation. Like, you – I think that the number one goal for this Notre Dame team, for Al Golden, for Max Bola, for Marcus Freeman, you've got to find where Jack Kaiser is going to be able to effectively help this defense on a regular basis. I'm going to agree with you, but nuance it a bit. Okay. I think where you're coming from is Rover will, because what you're basically saying, Vince, without saying it is, you think Jack's better inside. I do, personally. Okay. What I would say is I don't necessarily disagree. My my counter would be because of how much they move the linebackers around, where I would nuance it a little bit is I would say you've got to learn what he does best. And wherever you line him up, Rover, Mike, Will, Overhang, whatever, ask him to do A, B, and C. Yeah. Because when he's doing A, B, and C, he's really good. When Jack Kaiser is playing curl flat in zone coverage – He's pretty good. When Jack Kaiser has to chase a slot across the field in man coverage, it's going to get beat. Like, I can't believe Jack Kaiser got beat on that pivot route by Josh Downs. Name me a linebacker in college right. football that's not going to get beat in a one-on-one in the goal line on a pivot route by Josh Downs. Seriously. Right? Like, why are you asking him to that's be in that coaching. situation? Yeah, that's, that's, just, that's bad right? coaching. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So those are the different aspects you look at and say, okay, is that really on Jack? And here's the thing. You've got three years of film now on Jack Kaiser to show you he's not great at chasing across the field on deep overs against bigger tight ends and slot receivers because he's just short. He's re- he's not real tall, and he's got short arms, right? But he can run. And so when has he been effective? Playing zones, jumping under hook curls, uh, taking away inside slants as an overhand, as a, as a slant, slant defender. And then he can kind of work out underneath flat concepts, things like that. Uh, blitzing, playing downhill, being used as a run stunter. Those are areas where Jack is better. I think there are things you can do with him as a rover, Vince, that allow you to still utilize that when you want to play in your base defense. But I also agree that there's some teams that Notre Dame is going to play this year that I'd like to see Jack Kaiser play inside. Ohio sure. State's not one of them. Right. Because if Ohio State sees Jack Kaiser lined up at Will Linebacker and, and J.D. Bertrand's now your biggest linebacker like by five, seven, eight pounds, I'm, I'm running at you. I, I don't know if that's necessarily where they want to be Sure, in that type of situation all the time. Against certain, now, against certain personnel looks, cool. But here's the thing. If you're going to put him in that situation, then what do you do? Don't let him get blocked by a guard because you're shooting him. You're, 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 you're flying him downhill or you're dropping him in coverage and you're bringing a safety down or something along those lines. So it just comes down to with Jack Kaiser, you got to let him attack. That's really what a boy is. You got to let him attack and, and you can't allow him to, to be in space where you're asking him to do what a, a longer, you'd ideally like a longer guy to do. Cause like when Mike Elko was coaching Rover, I mean, you go look at what he looked at at a Rover. He wanted like 6'3", 6'4". His, his rovers at Wake Forest, Thomas Brown, was like 6'4", super long arms, rangy, because you have a lot of ground to cover. And, and Jack is fast enough to play rover. But in certain and in certain looks, he's pretty good, again, getting up underneath curl routes. I mean, Graham Mertz saw Jack Kaiser. He just thought to himself, there's no way he can get out there on this throw. 
Right. And yes, he can. And that's sure. why he picked you off and took it back to the house because he's very fast. But he's just not very long. So don't yeah. put him in positions where that lack of length is going to hurt him as much. There's going to have to be times where that's the case. But I just feel like with Jack, it's about are you using him properly? Those are the things that I would look at and say, it's it's what does he do well? And wherever you line him up, Vince, Mike, Will, Rover, are you allowing him to do those things? Sure. And I think if they do that, and you know, you're going to be better. But here's the rub with Jack, Vince. I'm going to, and we're going to kind of talk about Maris at the same time. The problem is, is Maris and Jack are kind of the same guy in regard to what you need to use them to do. You need to trigger them both. So when they're in the game, you got two guys that are better being triggered. That's that's not necessarily a good thing, right? Because now you you you're in, you got to play the same weaknesses zero. Though, too. Yeah, right. right? What's that? You have the same weaknesses now at two of the same spots because they. What? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not. I'm saying okay. you have the same strength. Okay. Maris's weaknesses are assignment correct. Like Maris is very long. Sure. He doesn't have that same issue that Jack has. He's not good in coverage because he doesn't really have a lot of feel for the game, which has been a big surprise to me because this is a kid that played cornerback early in his career. He just takes bad angles with the football, just late responding to things. Yeah. So with Maris, when he's been good, is like you just turn him loose and say, dude, go through right. the B gap and attack. When he right. doesn't have and to that, think and he just go get ball, go. Right. Now, yeah. hopefully that gets better in year five. But, you know, it's just one of those things where to the best way to utilize Maris, based on what we've seen from him last year, is to let him just run downhill. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with Jack. So you get into the situation where if you're going to have your same starting linebackers as last year and you've got to protect Maris by having him trigger, now that's why you're putting Jack Kaiser in these situations where you can't trigger him too because now you're just doing that's all the blitzes saying. all the time. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from on that. So you've got to be smart about your personnel. So maybe if you have Maris in the game, maybe you've got somebody else playing Rover or maybe Maris is your nickel guy right? or something like that. And then so there's a lot of different ways to look at it, Vince. But the fact is, is that Jack Kaiser is a good, a really good football player in certain situations. And it's your job as the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach to make sure that more of his snaps are in those situations. Sure. And if they do that, I think Jack's going to be a really good football player. And I thought Marcus Freeman did a pretty good job of that in 2021. I, I thought that was one of the best things that coach Freeman did in 2021 was putting Jack Kaiser in positions where he could really use his range to be an effective football player. Sure. And we just got to see if they can do that again, do that again this year. Cause his, this year, his overall tackle numbers were better. He had uh, tw- uh, 58 tackles compared to 45 last year, but his solo tackles were only up two. And he was more disruptive this year, five and a half. So they did allow him to tack downhill a little bit more, but his his pass game numbers took a complete drop. Whereas the year before, he was a lot more effective in the pass game. So whatever you do, you just got to let Jack run. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Let him run because the kid can run. I've, I've got a story that I'll share with you after the show, Vince, uh, about uh, – let's just say a, a a younger player on the team that's known for being really athletic. I was told this story, I think it was maybe last spring challenged Jack to a race. Oh yeah. And got smoked. <laughs> so <laughs> um, if that tells you anything, so it, it, the, the athleticism is there. You just there, you got to understand what his limitations are. Yeah. And if you're putting him in his in areas where he's not, where he's limited, and he's getting beat. That's not a Jack Kaiser problem. That's a that's a you problem. I was gonna say, isn't that the 
one of the number one priorities of a, of a coach when you're putting together your strategy, your, your scheme, your whatever is putting guys in position to be successful and not putting guys in position to where they're a liability. I mean, sometimes you're hamstrung as like a high school coach, but when you're in college, you've got 85 scholarship players. You should be able to put guys in and within reason in, in positions to be successful and not in positions to not be successful. If that makes sense like that, to me, that's one of the number one priorities, especially at high level power five, you know, type places like Notre Dame. I mean, you've got guys with varying degrees of athleticism, speed, whatever. You you know what they're good at and what they're not good at. Don't put them in position to but not see, be successful. But see, that's the rub, though. When you have Jack and Maris in the game together, right? if Maris doesn't improve a big way, and let's just dive into him next, then you can't you can't protect Jack as much because you're spending all your time trying to protect Marist. I think right. that's also a bit of an issue. Is Marist played better the last six games? Not great, but he was better because he was really bad the first six games, five right. or six games. And I don't. I think that's also a factor in why JD was better because he didn't have to do as much getting everybody else lined up. They had a. I mean, because you always have to get guys lined up. You're the, you're the middle linebacker. But it's different between when you're making the call and you know that the guys around you know where to go once you've made that sure. call. When you've got to make the call, then look to make sure that dude gets lined up correctly. Make sure that guy's lined up correctly. Make sure that guy's lined up correctly because you're not confident they're going to. Right. When you have to protect that, then you're not going to be as ready to go as you are. Sure. And I think that's a factor of it. Is, uh, that's a factor in it as well. But at the end of the day, Maris Lewifau is the, the, really the interesting conversation here, Vince. Absolutely. We don't need to be, uh, spend a lot of time on We spent all last offseason explaining to people <laughs> what kind of athleticism and talent sure. that Maris brings to the table. He didn't show it. Now, the question that I have is, is that a byproduct of him missing the entire year with an injury the year before? So mm-hmm. he lost that rep time. Is he just not instinctive? Does he just not have a feel for the game? I don't know the answer to that. All that I know is if Maris Lufau is not a far more improved player from an assignment correctness standpoint and a basics of the game standpoint, like when you're going to tackle a guy, I've never seen a linebacker get two lame face mask penalties on otherwise good tackles because he just was so like, why are you trying to tackle him right, that way? Right. It happened against Navy and it happened against South Carolina. And those and those were, I mean, if I remember correctly, those the were Navy like one drive, was especially bad. Yeah. Drive changing. Like he goes from a tackle for loss to a 15 yard right. face mat, like right. an automatic first down. Like it, th- those are just though you can't have those kinds of mistakes. You, right. you just can't have them. And right. yeah, that's but isn't isn't that Maris in a nutshell? Like yeah. game changing play in a good way turns into a game changing play the opposite direction. It's yeah. like you, as a coach, you're just like, oh my gosh, like what, what can we do? And I just, I feel like if I'm Al Golden, Max Bola, whatever, et cetera. To, to your, to yeah. your point, Vince, real quick, to back yeah. up what you were saying. Yeah. That touchdown, that, that, that against South Carolina, Notre Dame had just gone down and scored. Uh, they had a tackle for loss on first down. It was second and 12 and Maris had tackled the guy for only a two yard gain, meaning it would have been a third and 10 play. And South Carolina's at their own 27-yard line. Instead, it's first and 10. Then they end up going down there on that series and scoring a touchdown yeah. on, on the fake on the fake uh, right. field goal, whatever it was. Right. So to your point, that's a seven-point swing. 
potentially more depending on where your football team would have got the ball. Exactly. Because if they're, if they're, let's say, let's say they go incomplete pass on third and 10, now it's fourth and 10 from the 27 or whatever. So you're, you're punting from inside your own 20. And that's good field position for Notre Dame coming the other direction. Right. And you had right? just gotten a score. So now, right. now exactly, exactly. Right. You had just gotten a touchdown. So All about field position, man. Yeah. Those are the things, Vince, that'll just, that'll drive you nuts, man. I mean, it's just, it's just the kind of stuff that you look at and say, you know, man, you, you're, you're, you're too talented of a football player to be allowing those things to right. happen. So if you're the linebackers coach, okay, I'm going to put this on you here and you've got a guy like Marist. He's got all the athletic ability in the world. How long of a leash does he have during fall camp? It, or when he the season starts? He doesn't have one. Okay. I mean, to me, if it's up to me, dude, you're you're not a returning starter, basically. You've got to win okay. the spot. You've got Love to beat it. out Jack Kaiser. You've got to beat out Nolan Ziegler. You've got to beat out Jalen Sneed. You've got to prove to me you're the best guy. You are not getting the veteran benefit of the doubt here. Okay. Like that's that's how his play was last year. Yeah, that, that's how oh, I'm with you 100% in my opinion. And the frustrating thing is because I, I don't change my opinion and uh, of of Maris's talent. Like, I don't think I was wrong about that. He is long. He is fast. Yeah, I think absolutely. he's We've even faster it. now than he was last year, because, again, that's just always the case when you're a year removed from a lower body injury, you're always going to get your, you know, your full speed back. A lot of times it doesn't happen until you get to that next fall because he got hurt in the summer. So his injury, you know, he missed that whole season. So he was barely a year removed from it last year when this when camp started. He's two now, so you should be a step faster there. But Maris's problems last year weren't a lack. Uh, you know, he didn't didn't have the step back or he lacks the speed. It was I'm watching the North Carolina game the other day, and it's just a, a real simple thing where like Drake May is running and Maris just takes this really weird vertical angle and then has to redirect to get over to him. And you're like, well, you didn't get to him. Well, no kidding. Like what? What were you doing? Right. It just, it just things like that, and just he's the one guy that would like look for blockers and like run into them, and it, it just it was strange because there's a lot of talent there, and from mm-hmm. everything I've ever heard about Maris, he's a really hard worker, he's a great kid, the players love him, the coaches sure. love him. That's why he gets so many second chances and thirds right. and fourths and fifths is because everybody's waiting on him to be the guy that they see in practice. Right. I mean, we were told this before he got hurt actually it was in fall camp he got hurt in 2021 but i remember hearing from people around the program like oh maris is killing it right now like he's our best linebacker right well, now. we he's saw great. it in in some of those practices it was yeah. remember it was him like you're talking about like breakout players right of camp it was him and jd like they were both competing for that will spot and it was like man maris is just killing it he's absolutely killing it and then when he got hurt it was like well JD was kind of killing it during during camp as well, so maybe they're going to be okay, you know, at that spot. Of course, he ends up leading the team of tackles that year, but he was going to back up Marist going into yeah, that camp, they, and they had both already passed up Shane Simon. I mean, that he oh, quickly passed up Shane, Shane Simon, Simon, dropped the third string within a week. That, yes, during camp. that camp, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, does Marist get back to that guy? I almost right. kind of don't want to talk about it because I feel like we spent so <laughs> much time talking about it last year. Sure. It's just like, I don't even want to talk about it. Right. My hope is that if Maris is a starting linebacker this year, it's because he's back to being that guy. Because if Maris can get back to being that guy, then this linebacking core is going to be excellent. Sure. I just, at this point in time, I just got to see it, man. I can't even talk about it anymore until I, until I see it. I, I need to see him being that guy again. 
Yeah. Right. Cause I yeah. haven't given up on the talent, but it's kind of like you're, you're a fifth year guy now. Okay. Right. It's like, you shouldn't be making these kind of mistakes. Like when JD and Jack would make a mistake, they were just a step behind a step late, a, you know, with the exception, I think Jack had one really bad mistake last year. If you remember it against Cal, remember he just didn't get over on a scrape and they sealed him inside. And that was one of those 20 yard runs. It rarely happened with Jack. It was always just a step late, a step behind. Marist, it was just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Their plays were like, so there were plays where I would plays. watch the play and I'm saying, I have no idea what he's doing. Like he is doing something completely different than everybody else on the field. I right. have no clue what he's thinking. And, and I can't think of what the call would be to make him do that. Right. You know, it just, some of the, like the, the, the early play he gave up against USC last year, the big long pass play. It's like, dude, what are you doing? I, I just don't understand like what you're doing here. And so there's just was so much of that stuff that it's almost hard to get too excited about what Maris can be. Sure. But then again, Vince, I just keep coming back to the guy that we saw the, you know, in 2021, we saw it. the guy that I mean, we saw at times in 2020, yeah. you know, you just say like, boy, I just, I don't want to give up on that guy just right. yet. Right. You know, I, I really, I really don't want to give up on that guy just yet. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.